Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is a CW Spiral, a podcast run by two Barchies and a Bughead. We're your hosts, Sabrina Reed, Michael Patterson, and Reed Gowden. Bringing you history about the network, the latest news, and in-depth spoiler-filled discussions of some of our favorite shows on the CW. Okay, so we have news to deliver. It's not news that I think anyone who's been a longtime fan of the CW necessarily cares about. But since we are in this new era, we probably should talk about the things that the CW is going to be doing over the next couple of years. But first, we do have to mention that if you were enjoying Down to Earth with Zac Efron or Fantastic Friends or perhaps even both, they've been pulled from the schedule. So you will not be able to finish those via watching them live on the CW. But Down to Earth with Zac Efron is on Netflix if you'd like to continue watching it. But um we are in an era with the CW where they just pull things up to two to four episodes and I guess give you warning because the press talks about it. But other than that, so sorry to those who were enjoying it, watching it live. It's so brutal. And I have so many questions that I'm not going to get answers to about why they're pulling <laughs> acquisitions. It feels weird and counterproductive, but I guess we have to trust their judgment, which is an odd thing to say. <laughs> And I I feel bad for kind of speaking it into existence because last week we looked at the numbers and it was like, well, they pulled Barons for less um, and they let Barons have a longer run. But literally two or three days afterwards, the announcement came out. And it is kind of sad because I'm sure there are people out there enjoying those shows who hadn't seen them on their original services before. Um, and it is it's odd because the network made the made the effort to purchase these to earn them on the network. And now they're not going to. I know with Barron's, the case was that it ended up being streamed on CWTV. But that's not the same as earning it on the network. They're trying to build the numbers up. And I know those numbers weren't very good. Zach Efron's was all right. I think it could have survived for its episodic run, but they clearly didn't have the faith that it would hold those numbers. I, I guess they're in an era of trial and error and they're going to keep trying it out. But when there's all these big, exciting announcements made about this acquisition and this acquisition, it's going to be harder to get excited about it than it already is. If, you're th- if you think, oh, it's only going to last for two or three weeks. And it's really a bad omen for their fall schedule of acquisitions. Like, how many weeks are they going to give these shows to find an audience? It's a question, because it doesn't seem like... We know that the rhyme and the reason is that the viewership is just isn't there, so they're pulling it. But, like, you acquired them anyway, so I don't see why we just don't let them run and see if by the back end of the season people are really invested in watching. It just seems like an odd choice, especially given the TV climate we're in right now. I mean, like, all the networks are kind of in upheaval because of the strikes, but this would be an opportunity for the CW to really stake claim you know, because they have scripted programming uh, and the only network that will have new scripted programming is NBC. So CW could be like, yeah, they're acquisitions, but they're new to you shows. Like that should seems to be the thing that they should be focusing on. But it's quite possible that like if something doesn't do well in the fall, they're like, eh, we'll just rerun a show that we canceled. 
Mm. It's all it really is. But I mean, like you're right, they were out in front of the game. They, they had acquisitions before the rest of the networks have had to turn to them. And it's basically going to be some of the only scripted content we get throughout the whole fall season. So now you're right, now is their era or their period to try new things out. It just it's a shame if you have a show that's supposed to only be on for not long. Like these these down to earth with Zach Efron of Fantastic Friends don't have huge runs ahead of them. So they could have just filled out a couple of weeks in the summer is the best time to experiment with that. I guess maybe they want after seeing the numbers for a returning acquisition like Family Law, which by the way, I think just had his most watched episode ever on the CW last week. So it's doing okay. I assume now they're seeing the potential of these acquisitions and thinking that maybe we should stick in the scripted vein or stick towards the content that the CW likes or the audience likes. I don't know. But is that Fantastic Friends and Down to Earth with Zach Efron were some of the more jarring acquisitions. So as much as I hate to say it, it doesn't surprise me that they were among the two that got pulled. Yeah, but see, Family Law at least got to do a whole season last year. And it was mm-hmm. not like this. It was kind of steady, but the numbers were not where they said they wanted everything to be. Like we were mm-hmm. floating somewhere around 300 to 400,000 for them, right? Like give or yeah. take, depending on what um when it was airing, and then they just decided to air season two, and that was going to do well. That they thought that was going to do decently as well. So I'm like, if that's the case, then shouldn't anything that's getting at least three hundred or trying to make its way to three hundred survive for a little bit on the network rather than being pulled prematurely? Mm-hmm. It's like nothing has any chance for legs anymore. Like you need to give something a chance to grow. And like I'm not, I was not a fan of these shows. I had no intention of watching them, but I do feel for the people who did. Like. Two episodes is no no kind of life. Mm-mm. And like the their chaotic scheduling really leaves something to be desired because they have Nancy and Riverdale still airing since the beginning of this year or whenever they premiered. Like um, you're still nice. you're still like four episodes out from those shows ending and you're premiering new shows all over the place. It's like I know we're in a different time, but I think sometimes it can be a little confusing when you're like what's on when and how like i don't know i think more so than any other network the cw has kind of um relinquished any kind of cohesion when it comes mm-hmm. to scheduling shows and i think that's a byproduct of the pandemic but doesn't mean it needed to stay like that because having i don't know it's still weird to me to have shows on in august like scripted shows it's just weird that we're watching riverdale and nancy drew in august it is odd. And you're right about the schedule because I I stopped updating mine until it's actually finalized on the hidden remote because every time they would announce something, it would move around the fall schedule. And so I'm like, okay, so then we should just wait until y'all start actually start doing a fall rollout then because it would not surprise me that if like in the 11th hour, sometime at the end of August or early September, we find out they've acquired something else that's going to move something that was supposed to be airing or already is airing um, and it's just going to be prematurely pulled and like like it's a mid-season, you know, takeaway. I just, I just hate this new era, like very strongly. I know we've said that plenty of times on the pod, but just there's new examples. It feels like example B of why this era is actually the worst. Like in, there's also a lot of unscripted content and just to move to what we can be expecting um oh and i should plug this fboy island season two starts today with of this recording august 3rd on the cw so if you didn't get a chance to watch it when it was on um hbo max which is now max uh you can watch it from the beginning on the cw wait hold on i know we've known 
when it premieres for months at this point. But they're going to go against Big Brother's Eviction Night on Thursday. <laughs> oh, no. Poor choices. Poor choices were made. Yes, apparently. <laughs> that just clicked in my mind when you said today because it is Thursday currently. Big Brother's not on tonight, but it will be on Thursday night. <laughs> oh, no. Wait, is that that's Thursday at 9, though, right? I think, but isn't FBoy Island 9 p.m. is the new episode and 8 p.m. is the mystery time slot? Um, no, I think in the summer it's 8 p.m. for FBoy Island season two, and then uh, during the uh, fall it'll season three. But, I mean, Big Brother is on until November, so it's still not a good. Oh, but then Big Brother's gonna switch at some point though, because they have it'll go from. It's, no, you're right though, because Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, still they're just gonna move from Wednesday to Tuesday. Yeah. Good luck well, with good that, luck. CW. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, but yeah, so if you're into FBoy Island or want to get into FBoy Island, you can watch season two first. And then season three, I don't have the premiere date. I'm sorry, y'all. But a fresh Google will help you out there. Uh, <laughs> then this Fight to Survive, which also a Thursday show. Thursday at eight. Oh, so then you're right, Reed. It's going to be the nine show. That's, that's not going to yeah. do well for no. Big Brother. No. <laughs> But Fight to Survive is going to be an eight-episode survivalist competition series. It's a partnership between the CW and Roku that's going to run to September 29th. Uh, it says that it's a social experiment in primitive survivalism with a competitive twist. Well, 17 competitors who have been in Survivor, Alone, Naked and Afraid, and American Ninja Warrior must survive 25 days on a remote tropical island combating brutal conditions and each other to win $250,000. To be honest, that number sounds low considering what they have to do. I know, right? And considering like taxes will probably take the majority of it. <laughs> <laughs> Just <laughs> not to keep plugging Big Brother, but they are trapped in a house for a hundred days, and they will get seven hundred and fifty thousand if they win. And they have AC. They have AC. <laughs> I'm alarmed now. <laughs> like we need to bump that number. I know it's like, it's like giving Hunger Games. End of sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't think I'll be present. Mm-hmm. But I, I wish them the best. And... These kind of shows like stress me out. Yeah, right. Because I like put myself in their shoes and I know that I'd be on the first flight back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know it's produced. So, of course, they're going to be editing and making things, you know, look a certain way. But I also think with the survivalist ones, they're the closest to reality you're going to get compared to the other shows. And I'm just, it amounts the sticks and the dirt. And we don't have good food and we have to like eat off the land. It just doesn't sound like a good time. Mm-hmm. I've been sitting listening to you describe that show. It was like, you know what? I'm going to say nothing. Wish them all the best. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I guess if you're, if you're a survivalist person and you miss Survivor, which I don't think Survivor has a return date yet, this could be the show for you. This could be your interim show, you know, that that keeps you holding on until you can get to the CBS classic. And then uh, moving from unscripted, that's all about reality competition, to unscripted that is sports related. Um, 
If you liked 100 Days to Indie, the docu-series, then you might be very happy to find out that the CW will be airing the NASCAR Xfinity series starting in 2025, and they'll be airing it through to 2031. That's how long the deal is. Very lucrative, I guess. They'll broadcast 33 live NASCAR Xfinity series races annually, along with practices and qualifying events each weekend. End of statement. I have no more for you. <laughs> Happy for them. Beautiful race cars. <laughs> you know, I'm so sure the race cars are going to be gorgeous. I have. Yeah. It's we're a, such a long way out from this happening, and <laughs> it's such a big commitment that I'm like, I want you to do well, <laughs> <laughs> but the the recent history. <laughs> I don't know. Well, so I don't know. No, good luck. Good luck. Only good vibes. No, no more bad vibes. Stop. Read. Stop. <laughs> but I will say that, like, so the quotes from what I've seen when I was reading it, trying to understand, I'm like, it's giving beautiful gowns, though. It's giving, we are very aware that the viewership number will probably be low, but you will be able to watch for free for the first time ever, which is like a big thing for like the people from NASCAR. They're like, it will be the first time that you'll be able to watch these races on TV. They, I guess they don't air on broadcast. And so now it's like a, an opportunity to get new blood into the sport. And I'm like, if the new blood is still at CW, sure. I don't know if. Hopefully people will find out about, find out about it and like know that NASCAR is happening on CW. True. Well, see, NASCAR has money, though. That's the thing. Like, I feel like they would market the mess out of it because they're the ones producing it. CW's airing it. That's mm. it. Like, this is like all the deals that CW keeps making. I was like, so you're not producing then? You were like, we'll take the licensing um, rights and we're just going to air it. As ex- Does that mean they're not in charge of marketing? Because if they're not, NASCAR's just going to be like, here's this package and this package and this package, air it here. The way that you just described that, Lended a little bit of credence to my theory that the acquisitions gives them an escape patch, mm-hmm. like low commitment, where they can just be like, "Never mind." <laughs> Except for these, though, because this is like yeah. NASCAR would take them to court. I'm sure <laughs> if we just decide <laughs> to <laughs> to not air it because it's not doing well. Um, and then, lastly, for those who are tired of hearing about sports. Uh, we only have one more thing, and it's the Atlantic Coast Conference college football and basketball games are going to be heading to the CW. Um, it's They're going to broadcast 50 games each season through the 2026 to 2027. Um, they're going to start airing in September on Saturday, September 9th. The first game was a matchup between the Pitt Panthers and their non-conference opponent, the Cincinnati Bearcats. And these games will air on Saturdays in the afternoon and in prime time. It looks like the way that they're divvying this up is it's 13 football games, 28 men's basketball games, and nine women's basketball games. And these they'll be featured in December, January, and February, where they'll have double headers taking place every Saturday afternoon. And on Sundays is when women's basketball would take priority. And I got nothing to that. I got <laughs> like it's just I got no silence. <laughs> I know it's crickets. I think it's because it's weird. Like so, no one thinks about CW on the weekends, right? Um, I mean, they used to because you would have um, Supergirl on Sunday, and there was that time of um, Batwoman. Good, I think good the first times, season. Good times. Good times. Right, it was on Sunday, so I th- it would be what was coverage su- Sunday through Friday was yes. scripted, and then Saturday yeah. would be unscripted. That was like their only unscripted night. That's right. And then 
they announced they were opening up. I think towards the end of the OG's um, tenure, they announced they were opening up Saturday, but I don't think they ever got to make anything off it before Nexstar took over and now we're back to whatever it is they do on Saturday and Sundays. I really don't pay attention to the network over the weekend. It's still scripted. I think um, <laughs> based on where the schedule is now, it's this, if you like the Penn and Teller in the um, Funniest Animals uh, videos, those are still there on Saturday, Fridays and sun- Saturdays. I don't know what's happening on Sunday, actually. Oh, wait, no, Jesus is happening on Sunday. It's the chosen. Yeah. Um, so I just think, so now we're going to be filling space with sports on Saturdays and Sundays, which, I mean, fair play, fine. I mean, um, that's generally when sports is happening anyway. But I do wonder when sports is going to start encroaching on, like, the um, the weekdays and what that'll mean for scripted in the next few years or so, because uh, as y'all know, sometimes our shows are delayed in other networks because they got a big football game airing on a, um, on, oh wait, no, because they move some football games to streaming. The world of sports has gotten confusing. The World mm-hmm. Series too always knocks some shows off the schedule. Oh, I know. Oh, it, um, it does that. And then sometimes the people are arguing because some people will, won't be interested with the baseball game and some people will. So there's like, the, it wasn't on, it's like, oh no, it's on. You just happen to be in the side of the world in which they kick CW off to air yeah. the baseball, <laughs> which is unfortunate. But that concludes our section of CW news that we feel like we should tell you about, but that we don't really care about. But you never yeah, don't know. Kill, don't kill the messenger. <laughs> because we do know some of y'all like sports. You know, you might want to give um, CW sports a chance in its infancy as it figures itself out. Let me know when they buy back SmackDown. Until then, I won't be there. I feel like since they want to be buying the whole house anyway, they might as well just get some wrestling in there. You know what? I'll be there then, and then I can talk about it. But until then, it'll <laughs> silence from me. <laughs> <laughs> but moving on to Hershey Bay, uh, which episode 10 was better than episode 9. Uh, it's intriguing uh, to see them like really work to save Tristan's life. I liked it. I mean, I really enjoyed the aspect of it being all hands on deck, even with Ace having a side plot with a ghost that seems like it's happening too late in the season, but we're here. Um, he also was involved via uh, FaceTime to, to assist them in the ways that they need, though. I will say when they were like, we need Ace because he has medical expertise. I was like, since when? <laughs> <laughs> He's only working with the with dead bodies. I mean, yeah. you know, it's more than anybody else on the team, so. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe they've made it this far without anyone with medical expertise. But I will say, I really enjoyed this episode because it's kind of it kind of opened a little like last week's in that there was a clock hanging over them and that we only have so long to get this mission complete. But my issue with last week's episode was that even with that clock hanging over them, it was kind of a slow-moving episode, whereas this one felt really high intense today, right out of the gate. And I thought that really did a great deal of highlighting how high the stakes were. We didn't want Tristan to die. I, we literally said that last week. We don't want Tristan to die. I know he's in the way of the Nancy and A storyline, but like he's been a good character so far. We have And we haven't really had that much chance to spend any time with him nancy either which is why i think hanging the clock over the episode did a great job because we were kind of rooting for them to succeed so that he wouldn't die sin eater or not i'm confused though should i open up my confusion this early yes yes let's do that so um (laughs) i'm not gonna pretend to understand all of the lore but i know they said that 
um, sin eaters don't live to 30. Mm -hmm. So even though they saved his life, he, you know, has a low life expectancy. Um, My question comes in and it maybe was answered and I just like it went over my head or something. But like now that they saved him and the Sin Eater still exists, what is their game plan to get rid of the Sin Eater? Or are they just going to be like, try to live in harmony? Oh, to kill. Um, so the the way that you get rid of the Sin Eater part is you kill the person who confessed the last sin. That's how we're. Oh, that's giving- right. But yeah. I'm like. <sighs> that was so the glasses ammo. So <laughs> I don't know. So I'm, I'm like, I'm confused. Somebody's going to, it's the trolley problem. Somebody's dying. <laughs> <laughs> um, that you're, you're right though. That's a good question. That's the glasses MO, which was the revelation at the end of the episode, but the drew crew haven't, they didn't have any idea for what, how to do that, which I think is why Nancy was so anxious about starting a relationship that was already doomed from the get go. Cause that's what she was kind of worried about with this. She wanted escapism. She wanted freedom. She wanted fun. And now this person, new person that she's attracted to, also has a clock hanging over their head. Also is at risk of death. And maybe they didn't. Maybe they didn't juggle that the same. I know she just wanted to enjoy the moment. But yeah, the Drew crew saved his life. But they don't have a plan long term as to how to stop the Sin Eater from ultimately killing him. Yeah. Well, okay. So the thing about like the whole that whole plot though, which is interesting to me from some Nancy's point, and I feel like this is just going to end up taking us all over the place. But y'all ever notice that we are always giving Nancy very handsome men that she's deeply, deeply connected to? Because now suddenly, Tristan is potentially her soulmate. Okay, Nashua like, said it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That man. Um, I'm I'm so confused on that as well because. I don't want to read too far into it, but I'm like, what are they trying to tell me? Like, did, is it like confirmed that Nancy's past lives have always been with, I'm like, I was like, what are you telling me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whereas like, this is going to end up having something to do with Ace. Like Nashi was not actually, I don't know. I was, my mind was spinning. I'm like, I, I, I don't know. It feels like it kind of came out of nowhere for me. Um, because all of Nancy Drew's problems can go back to the timeline. How long have we been doing season four? Two days? Who knows? But the point is, everything feels like we're rushing towards the end now. And it feels like a lot of time has passed, but we know that a lot of time hasn't passed. So her and Tristan's relationship has had no time to kind of grow. He's in one episode and then out for three, in one episode and then out for three. I will say Kennedy's performance in that scene where she was like crying and she did, she wanted to save his life and she wanted to explore the possibility. Um, and But Tristan was like, does this mean we have to go our separate ways? That sold me on it because the story leading up to it hasn't, which is why now I'm fearful of what like you guys said, the soul storyline, the we've been here, we know this, we've done this before and we were always meant to cross paths. It's getting a little star-crossed lovers for me, and I think that's when the Nancy and Ace storyline kind of went off the rails when they started doing that. Why are we doing this again with someone else in the same season? No, because so when when that happened, I was like, I thought we were at coffee date levels of into one another, but what you're giving now is, you know, we've we've been reaching for each other across time, like. Oh, you you just went into to the memory weave and you learned this. And even when she was crying, which yes, Kennedy was selling it, but there's a point where she's holding like Tristan's hand and she's upset. And I was like, 
is she gonna kiss his palm? Are we there with them now too? As I feel like I haven't seen him in days. You haven't you the last time you did anything significant to each other with each other, you were slow dancing. And now we just feel like we're on a roller coaster, just like speeding towards this is like another very deeply romantic and hurtful and heartwarming relationship for Nancy. And it's like Tristan was lobster man like two weeks ago. I don't I don't get it. It it, it seems like it happened quickly right after he nearly dies. And I feel like this is a, a slight pattern with the storytelling around Nancy's feelings. It's like she feels magnetized time, not magnetized, magnified times like a billion when the her, the man that she has feelings for uh, nearly has like a tragic <laughs> end. And it's just an observation. I have no conclusions to make about that. I'm just something that I'm observing as we're talking about this storyline and how it mirrors uh, what happened with Ace last year, last season, not last year. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, like, I don't know. Like I, I'm watching the scenes between Nancy and Tristan. I'm like, I would be so into this because they have chemistry. Like it, it would be such a fun, like season long arc. Again, if this show had 22 episodes, the timeline was expanded and the show existed on television in the 2000s. Like that kind of like storytelling where they had room to breathe. Not that it, it like it works now, but it's just very abbreviated and very like quick. Like we have three episodes to go and we just hit this point with Nancy and Tristan when a couple episodes ago it didn't really exist. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the confusing thing because now like so if we were getting a season four, uh, I feel like they wouldn't have broken the curse this season at all. Like they mm-hmm. would have moved it to not sorry, we're in a season four. We were getting a season five. Uh, they, they would have um, they would have waited to break the curse to season five so they could explore Nancy and Tristan. So now it's like, so are Nancy and Tristan going to get a sped up? We're we're soulmate ish. Um, sort of relationship and then by somehow by the finale that's going to break and then she's also going to break the curse with with ace which seems so odd it just feels like we should or because if it didn't i could understand why people are any nace shippers like are they really gonna if there's anyone who's panicking wondering if they're gonna be endgame or not i could understand based on this episode why they might start panicking because of the amount of time that we have and because it just doesn't seem like those two were in a position to be um, moving forward with each other by the series finale. I mean, goodness gracious, Ace's love interest showed up this episode. I can't believe I I like, (laughs) I can't believe I was right. (laughs) I didn't want to say it last week, but I mean like the evidence is there this week. And that was rushed too because it didn't feel romantic until um, mm-hmm. Bess was like, "It's it's like when I went through this with Odette, I was like, it did, didn't feel that way. It felt like he was just help trying to help a ghost." Yeah, yeah. And they're using the other characters to try to oh, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, Ace like someone to try to point us in that direction because Ace could have just been helping her like platonically. Like Ace is a good person. He is the hero, one of the many heroes of Horseshoe Bay. Um, and yeah, the dialogue was working overtime for me there. 
as is the writing because we're running out of time folks maybe they have to pivot maybe this is them pivoting towards whatever the end game is because i know the show did get cancelled mid-filming of season four and that they said the first half of it was not being treated like the final season but the thing that frustrates me is that so much of the season feels like it could be a final season if, between everyone finding out what's going on on horseshoe bay things are starting to feel like we are coming full circle and then the general storylines are starting to drag their feet and you're like okay, well, that was a fine episode, but it doesn't feel like the fourth last episode. doesn't feel like the third last episode. And it's just, we're, just, we're going to keep running out of more, more time until th there is no time. Or we, I did see that the finale will finally address some of the Nancy and S stuff based on the synopsis. So do we have to wait for the f last episode to get any kind of wrap up? Or are we just heading towards the final episode, which will serve as a series finale and everything leading up to that won't? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. That's a question. It's it's really is odd. We feel like we're doing we're cheating at this point. You know, we're doing very quick. I mean, they have to, but like for Nancy and Tristan, this is existing off of chemistry alone. The two actors just happen to have really great chemistry, so they're like, we're gonna write to this and we're gonna speed it up, and you're gonna eat it. You're gonna eat this up because it works because of their chemistry, even if the writing isn't there yet. Like with Ace and his nameless love interest, because she doesn't have a name yet she's gorgeous like so all they had to do was show her looking like she was in an episode of charmed and he was standing there gobsmacked because of how beautiful she is and they're like ha ha we can cheat because now you know he's into her <laughs> <laughs> and you're like okay but i wish we had more time with them if you were gonna do it yeah um i i completely agree with you guys and what you said earlier read about nancy and tristan is the same here these are storylines we could get on board with you know in the older wb shows like smallville or whatever before the before the writers allowed the fans to point them in a different direction the couple that usually you start out with it is the end game but like there's like two or three seasons in the middle where like they end up with someone else you're like oh i can get behind this for a little while it's not end game but i'll yeah, enjoy you might it not, like be rooting for end game but you're like I'm here with you for this season. Yeah. Like, this is a fun ride. Exactly. And I'm but definitely just... getting vibes like that this time. Yeah, but... but we just don't have time. No. <laughs> no 100%. No. I, I, even, I was, like, even wondering, like, Ace is playing Ghost Whisperer, and this <laughs> girl shows herself to him. Like, is she going to make a comeback on the 3D plane some way in episode 11? And... Is it going to connect to Tristan or like, are they going to cancel each other out and lift the curse somehow? Like I'm like grasping for straws, like how this connects. Cause like we can't dilly dally on like two separate love interests for three episodes. We can't, but the other thing about it is it just feels, and this probably isn't the case, but when I was watching, I was like, why does it feel like the ace and the ace and his ghost love interest scenes were, were originally supposed to be at the beginning of the season? It just in that we we did some filming magic by making it look like Ace is supposed to be um that's why Ace isn't there, right? That's why we keep FaceTiming and whatnot. I was like, I know that's not the case because all of the evidence filmed before that 
definitely shows him around, but there's just something about the way that they're treating his character now that feels like that what they should have been doing from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we really are aces and around and aces yeah. is, is being treated like he's not a part of their friend group in the way that everybody else is, which I'm not sure. I haven't checked in with the fandom, so I don't know how everybody's feeling about that. So you guys tell us in the comments, but it is, it's odd because he spent the majority of the season, a part of the Drew crew. And now when Nancy and him are supposedly in a better place, he's not a part of the Drew crew. He's very much isolated and on his own. And they are taking turns seeing him like he's like, like he didn't get the friend group in the divorce. Nancy did. And everybody has to go over to go visit him individually if they want to see him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of my biggest frustrations about this episode, because the one thing I did enjoy was that the stakes were so high and that everybody was there. Everybody we talked about over the last couple of weeks, the glasses, Tristan, all of them were in um, uh, Nancy's place. Why is that Icarus Hall? Why did that escape me? Uh, all of them were there at the same time. It felt like, not finale-like, but like, oh, the intensity is high. We're, we're, we're going to get into this. And then you realize that S wasn't a part of that. I thought they were going to like rope him in because they needed the medical expertise and they didn't. And all this awesome, like quickly move through the moments, get there as quick before the clock runs out was all happening. And because that was its own main arc, whenever we cut back to S doing his own thing, it just felt like the pacing and everything in the episode just collapsed entirely Mm -hmm. because it wasn't on the same level of intensity as the rest of the story. It was cool to see Ryan and the glasses work together. It was cool to see the like tensions and all the storylines from the season come together. And then you have the biggest one was completely ignored because we have to conveniently keep the two characters apart just so that their story can stall for a little while. I was into whatever was happening with Ace and the Ghost, but it wasn't, it didn't hold up well when you had this really high intensity overall season arc playing out in the other half of the episode. So the fact they actually addressed, oh, we've too many cooks in the kitchen, which is one of the reasons why Ace couldn't come over. I didn't like that at all. I thought it would have been better if he was there because of all the people who sometimes add certain to certain situations like this one, Ace would have been very imperative and they didn't do that. Yeah, I mean, it, this would have been, his plot would have worked like in an episode, like when Nancy and Tristan went back into the 70s, like mm-hmm. where they're kind of sort of on the same level of we're slowly peeling back the layers of what's happening. So it was jarring to go from Nancy like crying in, in over Tristan to Ace with his hands in an ice bucket with some headphones on, trying to hear the, the ghost who has an emotional connection to him and him alone. For a reason that's not explained, but hopefully gets explained before the season ends. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, if my theory of having hacked the season outline holds any water, <laughs> we're in the fourth and final batch of three episodes. So 10, 11, 12 is going to be that, like, other three episodes. And maybe this begins the significant other era, and by 11, 12, it disintegrates and goes back to Ace. If I think I've hacked the outline for the season... I don't know. I lost track of that theory a few episodes ago. <laughs> um, but I like I. I mean, at least it gives us hope that if we have hacked into the outline, we're building somewhere in this batch of three episodes. Then it needs to then ghost. She needs to be set free to move on by episode twelve. Like it just needs. I will be. <laughs> I'd probably be yelling at the screen if we're in the final episode and he's still trying to say goodbye to her. Because I'm like, I know y'all said it was satisfying, but I'm not sure if it's going to be satisfying for Nate Shippers. If the way this series ends, where like 
Ace's two episode love interest has passed on to the great beyond. Tristan is free from um, being a soul eater and his parents and him are going to go traveling the world and Ace and Nancy are having dinner at the claw with the rest of the group and their relationship is not addressed. We just end scene, sun is setting. I think that that's it. Yeah. I feel like there's too much going on. Um, like everything you just said there, Sabrina, it just sounds like that hasn't even addressed the main storyline, like the Sin Eater itself and whatever the history and the secrets of Horshube and the, the fact that that's going on as well as all of this. It's just like, can they fit it into what, three more episodes? Can they get it through? Um, I don't know if they will. I don't want to. But now we have to deal with the glasses kidnapping yeah. Nancy and, mm-hmm. and drugging her, whatever they put that syringe in her neck. But I'm like, girl, how serious are you going to be about Tristan when your potential in-laws just, you know, <laughs> no. they're trying to kill you? <laughs> well, she's very, like, once she's in, she's in, though. So I feel like, though that happens, No one compartmentalizes like her. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're and right. well, and he just, <laughs> she just got told by a 300-year-old ghost that somehow their souls are connected. So she is locked and loaded in the storyline. I don't know if I buy completely. And maybe this is me with a tin hat. I don't know. But like, I don't know. It was so vague that I don't know if I buy into that being about Tristan completely. Like there's still like, for me, there's questions about like what that ghost man meant. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and she might just be distracted because it was yet another handsome man. Who was telling her something about the connection? <laughs> yeah, he looked. He was in his old timey suit. He looked real nice. And she was like, "Yeah, we've been connected." Uh, like, <laughs> I'll, I'll take your hand and walk with you. Because <laughs> they were holding hands for a while. She's like, "That's a good. You don't know him." <laughs> okay. I would have asked questions. She just kind of like accepted it. Like, "Oh, we've done this before. It must be Tristan." So. <laughs> Right? Hey, you're Nancy Drew. Ask a few more questions. <laughs> oh, and then like getting the cosign from Nick when she was telling him, I was like, Nick, don't indulge this. Don't. <laughs> Cause, cause he's like, you know why you're into it now? He's a mystery. And she's like, oh. I was like, I feel like he told you that before though, but probably more me. And also him saying that shouldn't be validation. It should be like, oh, you're right. I get interested in people because they're mysteries. Maybe I should look into that. <laughs> but that should have been like, is he telling me that's a red flag? <laughs> like, is, is that red flag? Behavior? I don't know how he meant it, but that's how she should have taken it. <laughs> yeah, he, well, he meant it like, I don't know, it was neutral. It felt very neutral on Nick's yeah. part. Like he was just observing, like this is his friend and I'm just telling you, like this is who you are as a person. To have a Drusen aside, loved it. Love the moment, love that she like fell into his shoulder because she's like, I know mm-hmm. people are complicated. And am I gonna? Yeah, I'm going to. Let's have some fun. So Reed and Michael know that I have constructed a, a way back to Drewson <laughs> if we had additional seasons. And my thing about this is uh, that I kind of saw it in this episode. They're friends now. They're in a really good place. Tunji gave Kennedy this look when when Nancy's laughing that made me think, hmm, because it was it was a half second gaze and it looked very, I mean, it's fond. They're going to be fond. They're friends. But if anybody can like slow down video and be like, oh, this means they're going to be together, you can do it too. So I just, <laughs> I just feel like I would, I would say that I would put that away 
for a little bit to bring it out later if we'd gotten a season five. Because I do think with Nancy and Nick being paired together like this, while as they're solving mysteries and they're becoming closer as friends, that there is a road back if they had meant to build one or had time to build one. Because as Michael had said, there are the two people that are together They get at the beginning, they get broken up. They have interim relationships and they get put back together. Who was together first? <laughs> Nancy. <laughs> Spill the tie. <laughs> yes. And that's not to say, of course, that like um, Nancy and Ace aren't an interesting relationship that I feel like they spent a lot of time in Nancy Drew to, to build. I just also think that for me personally, I'm not someone who gravitates towards star-crossed lovers. I'm someone who gravitates towards uh, deep friendships and uh, a bond with one another, which I will have to say in, um, in Nick, in, not Nick, Nancy, Nancy and Ace Bruce, listen to me. Just listen and digest and then we can like share opinions in the comments later, but I feel like they took that from, from uh, Nancy and Ace in order to elevate them into an epic romance. And I felt like their romance was epic enough without having to make it a tragic one that makes them both feel like it's it, they are the end all and be all of each other's lives. I feel like they did that too fast. And I felt like to me, what attracted me to Nancy and Ace was the fact that they seemed to be very similar and were paralleled a lot in that they had a bond of friendship that grew, of course, when they were doing mysteries together. I felt like now that they've made it so desperate and, and um, in some cases, dark, it's kind of turned me off a bit from it. Um, and I feel like it just wasn't necessary because they had a lot going on with them anyway to begin with that we didn't need to be like, I've been in love with you since you were 15 years old and now we can't be together, but we should be together. You're the love of my life. And I'm like, but you haven't been together though. How do you know he's the love of your life? I mean, it's valid valid points up and down um and to add to it i think too by adding this detail if it if nancy talking to this ghost man the first sin eaten sin eater i don't know mm -hmm. if he ate the sin or was the sin but finding out that oh we've walked this path before and nancy and just are potentially soulmates kind of uh waters down the nancy and ace of it mm -hmm. if like this is actually what that means and that it's nashua right I think so. Isn't that a county in some state? In the, yes. In oh, is that Nassau? I don't know. Nashua. <laughs> I don't know. Um, if that really does, if that really does pertain to Tristan and doesn't somehow have some magical thing to do with Ace, then I don't know. It kind of waters it down for me that they made that decision with another love interest because I don't think we needed. Um, I mean, we keep saying that, like, we like the scenes and stuff, but big picture, I don't know that we needed another triangle to make the stakes of Nancy and Ace higher. Mm. The stakes are already high enough, it feels mm -hmm. like. And I agree totally. I feel like the, the, it, they were doing so well with Nancy and Ace when it was like the elephant in the room that they were only occasionally addressing because you did feel like you were watching two friends fall in love with each other over time and they were, weren't really acknowledging it. Whereas this season, it kind of has really devolved into star-crossed lovers almost overnight. It's become a tragic romance um, and it's kind of lost some of the... Um, not heart's the wrong word. There's plenty of heart there, but it's kind of lost just some of the... Um, ability to root for them because you really did want them to be happy together 
and they've kind of just been miserable trying to either be together or pushing each other away the whole season. And I know they didn't plan for this to be the final season, but it's almost like there are certain romances that are almost better when they don't address them. And now that they have addressed it, it kind of just feels like they went an all in overnight, changed some things retroactively. Um, and I just, I preferred it when it was more subtle, if that makes sense. And I know they'll they'll wrap it up towards the end and they'll give us everything we want. But I just think maybe there could have been a more subtle and nothing's joyful in Nancy Drew, but a slightly more joyful than the tragic romance we ultimately ended up getting from them yeah when there's also so he's not her ex i know the whole episode we were like oh we're gonna contact my ex which was a weird thing for her to say when tristan's dying on the table like just call it and she's standing like two feet away from her (laughs) actual ex-boyfriend and then it was like i just got out of relationship um that was complicated you were never in a relationship we didn't the relationship get to get there. was complicated, but were you in a relationship? It's semantics, I guess. But I'm like, the relationship was complicated, but was it in the relationship? I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to split. I don't want to split hairs. But Nancy, let's be serious. Because <laughs> it was like I mean, a situation. She has every right. Yeah, she has every right to to call it what she wants. Um, but we're her friends we get to call her out on it <laughs> right because like could you imagine though being told that as tristan and then finding out later like when you're like oh how long were you and ace together well, well she's lucky george wasn't in the room yeah because <laughs> she was like you were technically never together bombastic side eye because <laughs> <laughs> no. that would be the next question like oh how long were you together well well we we weren't but it was touch and go for a couple weeks Right. Like we Guys, were, we don't were don't page. don't anybody take this as shade. We're just we're all trying to get this, through the season together, and sometimes we have to be funny about it. Like, yeah, yeah, we're all on the same team. At the end of the day, that doesn't mean their relationship isn't great. It's just funny when it's described as a romance that she was in. Yeah. When it just yeah, they never uh, like DTR'd to find the relationship. Um, at least on screen, to my knowledge, yeah, because it was so. it. Very much, you're the love of my life. Yeah, you're I don't like, want to cheapen their experience, but I'm like, we never said boyfriend, girlfriend, not to go all like middle school on it. <laughs> I know. We said we want to be together. It and was then... aspirational. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and just, just to be clear, it's not like we all haven't had aspirational ships on, yeah. on shows. I am too be forthcoming i am a bellamy and clark shipper for anyone who knows who that is you know my pain you understand what i went through when i watched that show and they were the biggest romance that wasn't a romance i have ever seen in my life so i get it i do but it is still funny it is Mm -hmm. you have to Mm -hmm. laugh you have to Mm -hmm. laugh it gets us through however many episodes we have left (laughs) it does speaking of laughs um just to talk about the dads, I really enjoyed the scene where like Ryan's like covered in blood and he's just coming and Carson's like, I don't know what's happening right now, but you're like, what happened with our daughter? Yeah, Carson- the way he said our daughter, I was yeah. like, oh, why is that cute? <laughs> it's very sweet. And it, it, I did say the thing I hated the most about the season was how they were segmenting Carson and Ryan away from each other. And Carson's really when was the last time he was involved in a really supernatural story so i love the fact that ryan just went in with his monologue and he's like i'm gonna have to stop you right there 
what a sin eater mean because he had no idea what was going on with the whole season. I, I really like that because they tend to skip over things like that. I thought that was a really authentic moment. And them two are always so great together. And I think that's why I really enjoyed seeing everybody together in Icarus Hall at the same time because Carson and Ryan were together. They, then obviously the glasses were there. The the whole Drew crew of RS was there. So it just came, kind of gave a, gave a vibe that everything is starting to come together. And I like that. Of course, they paired them off into their own separate like arcs throughout the episode. But it was nice to see them all together. And dynamics like Ryan and Carson's definitely one of my favorites. So I hope we get to spend more time with throughout before the season ends. Bess and Ryan had a scene. They're still besties. Yeah. <laughs> Clock that immediately. Uh, the pair ups, you know, as much as they're like when we when they happen, only because there's just so many of them, which means we have to pay attention to every single scene. I did enjoy what they've they've shown us. I like that Carson and Ryan are parents, and that they and Carson's like, no, we need to do this parent to parent. So you and I are going to go to the glasses to explain to them what happened to their son, and then we're going to go to Icarus Hall and we're going to help figure out what to do about Tristan. I gotta say, not really filling the glasses, um, especially Miss Shelby, because I know she wants to help her son. I do. But ma'am, who's to say that the printouts on the printer are in order? Or real. Because Nancy yeah. didn't, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> no, because she didn't <laughs> do that. She didn't confess a sin. So is that trying to imply that there is something we weren't aware of? Did Nancy go and do something and she doesn't remember it? Did she temperance. try to make the most this, of it? This reeks of temperance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would just blame her anyway. <laughs> but also, I didn't really buy the idea of the camera. So who's watching them? Um, Like this idea of the Sin Eater and all only came about recently. And obviously the obvious culprits would have been the glasses, but we know it's not them. So who is well, watching them in the, the cabin in the woods? That awful woman. Mm. The new historical society lady. They said oh. her name last night, and I forgot again. She said she's been here, like her, t- her family's from here and has been for a while. So perhaps she is recording. Sounds like them. you got some supernatural roots, lady. Mm. <laughs> I'm calling you know, her out. My theory is that she actually is temperance. See, I said that last week, didn't I? Yeah. Michael, oh, like I said, right. I was like, maybe she's temperance or the moth. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> and there's something weird about her. She just showed up, like, and then suddenly she's she's a, a staple of the town. It's like, man, we haven't yeah. seen you for three seasons. I don't know you. There's got to be a bigger thing happening. Has to I don't be. trust anybody. No, don't trust a soul except for Nick. Nick, the dad of the group, who's yeah. super serious. Which, by the way, when he when Nancy brought up that Ace nearly got jailed because of what the glasses did, and and Nick was like, "And we're going to discuss that later." I was like, "Are you about to ream out some grown grown adults?" Yes, <laughs> Nick. <laughs> He's tired of watching them all make bad decisions. He He's is. so exhausted. That poor man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there's something I wanted to bring up from the episode, though. It is escaping my mind. Um, I, no, I think cool. it had to do. Oh, I think if if that is Nancy, I wonder if it caught her when she was turning and running away, or if um, because that's the same room that she it's like the black door thing when she grabbed the books, right? Yeah. So did like she, she could have walked over to it and didn't know. Did she have the beanie on in the pic? Oh, I don't know. I think so. She usually has it on when she's sleeping. Because I know she had it on when she was in the black door dungeon cave situation. 
<laughs> I didn't get a good look at the picture because Shelby was being not forthcoming with information. <laughs> <laughs> Which I was like, I was screaming at that scene because I was like, Ryan, that man's too trusting, too sweet and innocent <laughs> for his to save his life. Like you are not Nancy's father in that scenario. <laughs> like Nancy has much to teach you. <laughs> like how are you just be like, okay, and like not check. He didn't double check Shelby's like work to look at the he didn't go back to where she was, right? No, mm -hmm. no. Ryan, come on. Like and, and the fact that she then opened the door and was like, you leave first was very sus to me. I was like, he should have he, he should have popped that. His back to her so many times. And I'm like, Yeah. Nancy raised you better than this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he seems to be developing some type of um, instinct, though, because he did tell Red that something's off. Who's Red? I think the lady in the red dress from the speed dating night, who oh, we haven't seen yeah. since. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I was like, is that Nancy? When did he call her Red? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, so I'm glad that he reached out. I was like, something's fishy here. I don't know what the fish is, but it's it's <laughs> fishy. And she... She's like, well, this is what the, the translate to. You have to kill somebody. He's like, oh, no. <laughs> we, have <a> <laughs> <laughs> we have a problem. Which, um, mm, I think, I really hope, I, well, they're probably not going to do this, but I'd love it if if the whole episode next week is um, Carson and Ryan as dads going to go get their kid back from oh. the glasses who are trying to yeah. save their kid. Dynamic duo. I would love that. That'd be so I, fun. Really, I really hope it all comes to a head mm -hmm. this in the next episode. Like, can we get somewhere? <laughs> We've been getting a lot of info past two weeks. And now it seems like it's reached a, a point of no return. Because whenever Nancy's in danger, it's like, that's big. Mm -hmm. And it, it kind of does feel like they are foreshadowing that she did something with the uh, SN eater, like or try to wash away some kind of sin. Because I did notice at the start of the episode when Tristan was in danger, the glasses said to Ryan, if you take our child from us, it will be an eye for an eye. And then, of course, they ended up happening and the episode went on and he was saved in the end. But that kind of foreshadowed what ultimately did happen because now the glasses need Nancy to save Tristan's life. So they're going to try and kill her. But I think in the picture, she was a little bit disheveled looking, so which suggests that she was desperately trying to wash away some kind of sin. And on top of that, the uh, is that why the, the original Sin Eater said, we've been here before, or you know what sin this is, or you know who this is? Because that would imply that the last sin that was washed away was Nancy's. That's maybe why they have been here before. So has she washed away something? Is there some big, big dark secret that she doesn't even remember and all is going to be unveiled? Again, it's another layer of story in the next three episodes. Don't know how they're going to fit it in, but there's definitely something amiss there that they've suddenly figured out that Nancy is the key to saving Tristan's life. I think I'm on team she's being framed, but that's an intriguing thought. Mm -hmm. But the, the, the connections, though, are weird because for her to be like, to really believe Nashua about soulmates things like you know he could just be saying that because you're a Hudson your family mm -hmm. is part of the founding families like you could have a really tragic history of a Hudson dragging I mean, let's not forget the this is the same girl that was believing temperance mm -hmm. that was I mean, not too much on our girl Nancy but again we're her friends we gotta call her yeah. out I know mm. <laughs> she was that woman's best friend how long did season three take place 14 days she she went from doubtful to besties overnight. So yeah, I mean she does she she's very self aware, but sometimes she does let herself get duped. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
I feel like that's where it ends, though. <laughs> I don't think there's anything else to to unpack from episode ten. We now have officially have three episodes left of Nancy Drew. Uh, this is it. Feels odd. Just doesn't feel like the season's coming to an end. Mm-hmm. No, but it um, is. Scary. It like really snuck up on us. Mm-hmm. It does, and it's a great storyline in general. I just fear they're running out of time to bring not just the season, but the show all to a head. You know, I'm scared. I'm excited. I'm scared again. <laughs> <laughs> I just hope it all ends up making at least 70% of sense. Yeah. Solid 7%, and I'll be happy. <laughs> yeah. Let's root for that to happen. Yeah. I mean, they generally tend to tie things up in a way that is explained unlike some other shows mm-hmm. again I won't name names because <laughs> <laughs> I think we all know and I don't like to <laughs> be too mean to that show <laughs> okay well that is it for this pod y'all um, we are the CW Spiral I'm Sabrina I'm Michael I'm Reed bye Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.